the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's a couple minutes after 4. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thank you for tuning in. Cloudy, rain off and on the deal today. Cloudy tonight. Maybe a quick shower, low 45. Tomorrow, different story. Mix of clouds and sun. High 64. Philly 7-6 over the Braves last night. Bryce Harper, D.D. Gregorius, and Reese Hoskins each with a home run. They're at the Mets this evening at 7-10. Flyers lost 5-3 to Buffalo. They're at Washington tomorrow night at 7. And the Sixers are at Dallas at 7-30 uh, this evening. We have a very full show today. In fact, last week, I think we had four contestants from The Voice join us. And today, we'll do you one better. Five contestants from that show. It's in season 20, year 10. And without further ado, let's get right into it. Each of these contestants has an interesting story. Background, uh, we want to give you just a quick sample of their music as we chat with each one. Our first one, 25-year-old Emma Caroline. Uh, who is from uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and this is a little sample of her um, of her, her of her singing voice. I'm gonna do it my way. It'll be all right if we burn it down and it takes all night. It's a slow Emma Caroline, Tim DeMoss show during the blind auditions, which is the part of the program where they have all four judges with their back to the contestant, and then. Uh, the, the contestant only has a certain amount of time to get the judges to turn at least one of them. And if one judge turns, then they can go on that judge's team. If multiple judges turn, then they compete for that particular contestant to be on their team. And so uh, let's keep our, our program rolling here by bringing Emma on the show. How are you, Emma? I'm great. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you for taking time to chat today. Well, thank you. Congratulations on your success thus far. Are you having a good time? Enjoying the ride? Oh, my gosh, it's been the best journey. I've learned so much. I bet. I bet. Take a second, if you would, uh, just share about your experience with music in terms of how and when you took to it. You know, a lot of times kids will enjoy singing or running around the house. I have five kids. They all play things. But, you know, at some point you maybe start to turn into uh, developing those skills a little more proactively. And and, uh, just share a little bit of your background with that. So I started singing in church, and then I got kind of involved in crying out. I'm sorry, you dropped out there. Oh, sorry. Can no, you go? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Um, and, you know, just through that, I kind of at a young age knew that I wanted to be a singer when I grew up. But um, I just continued to sing in church, and I got into a band in high school and then started playing coffee shops with another guy at my high school. And then um, in college, I was involved in, like, a bunch of campus ministries, and I would sing lead worship at a camp in Northern California, but my dream was always to move to Nashville. So I got to 
raised ten thousand dollars to record my first EP in Nashville, and then I uh, moved right after college and really just started writing with different artists in town and recording and, and doing shows, and that's where I am now too. That's amazing. That's great. And uh, this, as far as the seed being planted for you to try out for The Voice, is, was there a friend who did that, or was that something on your radar that was one of the things you'd like to try out for at some point? I've always really appreciated The Voice because it's not just, you know, an opportunity for exposure. It's an opportunity to learn. And I know that you will never stop learning. And I was approached from someone on Instagram, and it felt the right time because of the pandemic, you know, shows weren't going on here in Nashville. Um, and so since I had always kind of thought the voice would be an awesome experience just because of learning and all that, I was like, hmm, this sounds like, you know, the perfect, the timing is right. So that's kind of how that was planted. And then I couldn't really, be- I didn't believe it when someone messaged me. I was like, is this like a scam? Like, is this real? Um, and so I continued on and it was real. That's neat. So here's a question for you. With the blind audition part of things, if you, if you had to pick a single word or if you need more than one word, what what were you feeling at the very beginning? You know, of course, all four judges' chairs face away from you to begin. What's going through your mind at that moment before you actually start singing? I have to choose a word or like a sentence. Well, you could pick a sentence. But, uh, but just if the, what, you're, what you're thinking as you're staring there, and, and maybe it was calm, maybe it was, you know, nervous, whatever it would be, but... I was excited, but I was ready to, you know, put everything I had been working on on that stage and really show them what I had. Yeah, you know, that's a great point. Uh, how much work goes into getting to that point? Folks get to see the final product, right? But how much work is going on behind the scenes to be really ready? Your whole life, really, but uh, leading up to that performance. Yeah, your whole life, but just that performance. I mean, you practice that one song for so long, and... You know, you just want this opportunity to work for you so badly. And so, you know, it's a, it's a lot of pressure just because you want this and you just you have such a little time to show them who you are. So, you know, I had to pray a lot and just kind of trust that whatever was going to happen was going to happen. And all I could do is do my best. I love that. Blake Shelton turned pretty quickly. I think actually when you sung the word Texas, that spun him around <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, yeah. Kelly Clarkson did a little later. How difficult was that decision? And had you run through some scenarios ahead of time, What you know, depending who and why? Well, I definitely, those were the two people that I was like, oh, please, please, please turn. Um, but I never really ever expected to actually have a choice. I was like, okay, whichever one turns, like I'll be on their, their team. But um, so I never expected to have a choice, but. Blake just really spoke to me, and I think he really understood where I wanted to go musically. And he also understands Nashville and started talking about how, you know, it's all about relationships and who you know. And he told me he was ready to start a relationship with me that day. So I was like, you know, just for even after the show, he just has so much knowledge here in Nashville, and it just it felt like the right choice. The battle round, uh, like the outfit before I go any further, what goes into picking out outfits? Do you have a lot of say in that, or is there kind of a collaboration going on? Yeah, so we actually get to, like, send in, like, a style board um, of outfits like that we would wear, and then they kind of pull stuff for us, and then whatever we like, you know, that goes into consideration. And it's hard because I love, like, clothes and stuff, but I never feel like I can – pick them out and put them together like i would have saw that 
you know, outfit on the hanger and be like, oh, that would look horrible on me. And then they put it together, and I'm like, oh, I love this. So it's really fun. That's very fun. Well, and, you know, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. You mentioned near the beginning of our chat about your time on The Voice being a learning experience. Folks just tuning in to chat with Emma Caroline uh, from The Voice. And, you know, the one constructive criticism a couple judges mentioned to you was stage presence, mostly just seeing you enjoy it more rather than executing the song. And, and you talk about learning that um, because you, you, the title of it's The Voice. So you think voice, but there's a lot of other stuff that kind of factors into that. And also on that presentation thing, if you're not by nature necessarily a, you know, like in, if you're leading worship in church, it's not supposed to be about you being mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> so just right. yeah, share about those thoughts and like putting that on your radar and how do you factor that into still being who you are? Well, yeah, definitely growing up in church and being a worship leader, I never had to worry about the performance aspect. And even in here in Nashville, like at songwriter rounds, we're sitting on a stool and kind of, you know, um, it's very intimate. Um, so you're not really entertaining. But I have always wanted to do music. And I know that if I want to be on a big stage, you know, there's so much more than just your voice. You have to be an entertainer and a performer. So I totally agree with all the the criticism and you know, not even, you know, them just, like, trying to push me to be, like, have fun with it. And I am having fun. I just am thinking about, am I sounding good? You know, there's so much to think about when you're on that stage and there's, like, 27 cameras around you, like, running around. And, um, you know, and you're trying to think about your body language, your voice. Oh, my gosh, there's four celebrity coaches in front of me. There's just a lot to think about. But I definitely agree with them, and I appreciate them pushing me to be more of a performer because at the end of the day, if I want to do this, then I have to know how to do that too. Yeah. It's interesting. I DJ weddings and um, I don't try to be a, be a performer per se friendly, but let the bride and groom be the star. And so I'm just yeah. trying to execute all the elements well. So at the end they're like, that was great. You know? So it's less about me. It's more about the the people out there in a way over time, perhaps as you sing and, and do, I was just going to ask you also your goals and hopes for, the future, you know, live in the moment, but also big picture. You know, I know from from what you're gather, you're sharing about your growing up in church, you probably want to use these gifts in a certain way, right? I mean, so it's also about that bigger yeah. picture, right? Definitely. So I really appreciate it, and that's where like the whole learning experience has come for me. Now I can take that criticism back to Nashville and do more shows that are kind of full band performing instead of just the intimate, you know, songwriter rounds, which is exciting because it's just a new skill to to add. That's great. Emma Caroline, thank you for taking time with us today. God bless you. Congratulations. Keep enjoying the ride. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. It's Emma Caroline. Team Blake at present. More to come. Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 4.15 on The Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL, the second of our five contestants currently part of season 20 of The Voice, which is in its 10th anniversary year, has a very interesting story. He and his siblings were placed in foster care when he was very little, eventually all adopted into one family. Uh, got in trouble when he was a teenager, actually afraid of disappointing his parents. So he ran away and tried to make it on his own. Uh, finally understood how uh, he was unconditionally loved when he came across his own face on a missing person poster and decided to return home to his family and now teaches music and art to kids, leads worship at church. His name is uh, Zay Romero. And let's give you a little sample 
of what uh, Zay's music sounds like. Zay Romero from the season 20 of The Voice. Zay, how are you? Hello, hello. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Excellent. Thanks for taking time to chat today. It is my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. Congratulations on your success thus far, and I'm sure you're having a ball. Yes, I am. Best time of my life. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Take a minute, if you would. Um, just share a little bit about your experience with music in terms of growing up and kids will enjoy music. Everybody may, may sing a song around the house or something, but at some point you start to maybe take a little more seriously or put it to use and train or whatever. Just talk about that, that background for you, developing your skills and all that. Yeah. Um, so I actually didn't start singing till about sixth grade. Um, I had sung before, but I, I didn't really like, it wasn't really, I didn't really connect to music until like sixth grade and, start using it to help me get through things. Yeah. Um, I started learning how to play piano in sixth grade as well. And then uh, high school, I started performing a little bit. You know, I started performing in talent shows and, and uh, uh, musical theater and stuff like that. And then when I got to college, I majored in vocal education and uh, theater performance. And so I did that for a little bit. And it, I really wasn't actually doing anything as far as songwriting or any of that, I was leading worship and doing things like that. And then um, I really honestly didn't start writing my own songs and thinking about producing my own music and stuff like that until like this last year. So I'm a pretty new artist. Um, and, you know, the voice has taught me a lot that, you know, you can basically do whatever you want when it comes to music. And so... Um, it's been the coolest experience for me, and it's been really, really growing as well. It's a neat um, uh, phrase or, or, or thought that comes to mind every now and again, talking with various folks who are on The Voice, that notion of growing and learning, because it can also be viewed just as a kind of, just a, you know, do you win or lose thing. But there's really a lot of training going on, right? You're picking up a lot of stuff along the way. Yeah. For me, I think the biggest factor has been my voice. Um, I'm just been they have they were, the voice is a really good way of surprising you with what you can do and like showing you things that you can do that you never thought possible and um, this like going on the show I fully expected to never sing a high note I was like you know I'm going to be singing these really chill you know songs that I normally sing and um, Right off the bat, I, I went in with falling, and I'm, I'm I'm hitting these high notes, and then with rewrite the stars and battles, more high notes, and so yeah. <laughs> even higher notes with rewrite the stars, and so I'm just like, my voice has grown like exponentially more than it was before, and I've I've learned so much about singing, about music, um, <clears throat> that I just I just never expected to even be able to sing the songs that I've sung on the show, and so. Um, I've just, my voice has changed so much and that's been the biggest, the biggest growing factor for me. That's excellent. Chat with Zay Romero on the Tim DeMoss show on WFIL. The blind audition, remind me of the rules because I, I get confused. For the blind audition, do you pick the song or does someone pick the song for you? And how about for the battle round? How do, the battle round's your coach, but right, but the blind audition, is that you or 
You have a pool to pick from? So with the, with the blind audition, you actually pick a song from a list. There's like a list of like 600 songs, and you pick 12 and rank them in how bad you want to do them. And, you know, and then the, the producers of the show will actually pick your song for you. Okay. Um, but they'll pick from that list. Okay. So all the songs are songs that you want to sing at least. Okay. Um, and yeah, and then battles your coach picks your song. And as far as even trying out for the voice, too, I meant to ask you: um, had that been something on you? It sounds like you kind of were just going along. It's it's neat. It's a neat story. As a parenthetically, uh, I, I work in sports radio as well, sports media. And Jimmy Rollins used to play shortstop for the Phillies. He didn't play ball till he was thirteen. His, his mom actually didn't want him to play ball because he, she didn't want him to burn out. It was a story that she told me one day when I was interviewing um, him. Anyway, so I, you know, I think I look at your story of how you've told it. It's kind of neat that you're doing your thing without, like, I always wanted to be in music and I'm just pu- pushing for it. What led you to be on The Voice? Had, had someone suggested it to you or had that been something you were thinking of? Maybe that'd be a nice one to try, too. So, yes. Um, so auditioning was a spur of the moment thing. I actually um, was just laying in bed <laughs> one day and I was going through TikToks on my phone. And there was this one video of a girl, and she was like, I'm auditioning for The Voice. And it was, um, it was like a prank. It was, not, it was not real. She was just joking. And she did, like, this funny audition. And I was like, oh, they're virtual. Like, I didn't know that the auditions were virtual. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just do it, just see what happens. And so I just, I just literally signed up real late. I think I was one of the last auditions of this season. And I did the open call on my phone, and I, like, set my phone on, like, a box in my room, and I, you know, I turned on a, a track on the TV, and I just sang my song, and then I ended up making it through, and then making it through the next round, and the next round after that, and so, you know, it's fully never expecting to actually make it all the way to the show, and then, you know, get four chairs, but, um, so it's, it's, this has definitely been the craziest thing for me. I love your story, uh, Zay. It, it, it actually kind of ties in even a little bit with, I know that you, uh, from what I read, that you had a challenging start to life and how things have played out to this mm-hmm. point. It just feels like another chapter in, well, let's see, you know, how God's going to take it. Uh, just share, if you wouldn't mind, a little bit of just growing up and, and how you got to this point with regard to uh, some of the challenges you faced. Yeah. Um, so I was adopted when I was six years old. Um, I was in foster care up until that point um, for about three years, three or four years. Um, and, you know, I, I just feel like all foster care kids come with their own set of issues and their own set of problems. Um, I came with a few more than, than others. I struggled with a lot of different things and um, struggled with a lot of anxiety and depression. And um, growing up, that was real hard on my family, real hard on me. Um, I had a lot of trust issues as well. And so music had always been kind of like saving grace for me. It's always like singing, being able to sing. You know, I would literally sing my problems away. Mm-hmm. I, it's so easy to just sit down and just start singing or playing piano, and that would that would help heal, you know, those things that I was going through. Um, and I truly feel like all the things that I went through, all the things that I did growing up, um, the bad and the good, um grew me and taught me and showed me how to be an artist, how to be a singer, um, and how to be confident and um, led me to where I am today and, you know, led me to that voice stage. Um, And I think it's truly been the biggest blessing. A lot of people are like, well, would you go back and, you know, do it again? 
Now, if you could, would you go back and change it? And, and I totally wouldn't. I would do it. I would do it all again in a heartbeat because I feel like it wouldn't have. I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't be where I am. Um, I feel like it really made me be the person that I am today. Zay Romero, thank you so much for taking time with us. Congratulations. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day and keep enjoying the ride. Hey, thank you. And you do the same. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Zay Romero, Team Nick, season 20. 10-year anniversary of The Voice, which airs Mondays and Tuesdays, depending on the week. We'll keep our program rolling along. One of our special guests going to be joining us is uh, Philly, born and bred, among other things. Tim DeBall Show on WFIL. Thanks for hanging out today. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 426 in the Tim DeMoss Show. Every now and again, we have interesting opportunities for interviews, including today, where we have not one, not two, not three, not four, but five contestants currently part of season 20 of The Voice, which is the 10th anniversary. The program itself has won a bunch of Emmys over the years and um, has uh, been one of, you know, one of those shows folks will tune in and watch who's going to make it further and further along. The guest that we have right now, Keegan Farrell is uh, his name. And he's on uh, Team Blake and stolen by Team Nick. Uh, So uh, this is just a little sample of Keegan's blind audition. It's Keegan Farrell singing a song by Maroon 5 called She Will Be Loved. And uh, joining us in the program, Keegan Farrell, how are you? Good, how are you, Tim? Wonderful. Thanks for taking time to chat. Congratulations on your success so far. Of course, thank you. You having a good time, I'm guessing, to say the least? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Best time, yeah. <laughs> Take a second, if you would, um, just share a little bit of your background with music in terms of how and when you kind of took to it and, and developing your skills over the years to this point. Well, um, my mom. So I met for piano lessons when I was young, and I, she kind of made all, all so I'm the youngest of six, so she made all of us do an instrument, and I chose piano, and I think she wanted me to do piano because piano is just really foundational in understanding music, so I started with that. Um, I really didn't like it at all. I, I actually hated it, <laughs> um, and, but my mom, made me, my mom would not let me quit, which I'm really glad that she didn't, uh, but at, at the time, I just thought, why do I have to do this? All, all I did was just show up and play a song and get a sticker on my book for singing, playing the song that week and then go back and do it all over again the next week. So I thought just music was super, super boring. And that's really what my view of music was. It was just show up to piano lesson, play a note off a page and get a sticker on it and go again. And Then I started to realize the older I got that, hey, I'm actually not bad at this and there's actually a lot more to it than that. So once I started to learn how to improvise and I started learning ear training I kind of started to see music differently, and I started to see that something I could actually create things with and, and have fun with and write songs and play with a band and play with other people, and that's when everything changed. And the rest is really history. I just completely was sold on music. That's all I did. That's all I wanted to do. That's all I, I wrote songs. I played with a band in high school, and I was just completely hooked, and I still am. So um, I didn't love it at first, but uh, thank shout out to all the good moms out there who don't let their kids quit. <laughs> I love because that. Had I quit, yeah, had I quit, I definitely wouldn't be doing it today, but she kept me going, and now that's been basically my mission in life from that from that age on. So. so, Keegan, as you're talking there, I'm thinking we have five kids, and our firstborn took, they all had the same kind of experience. Like, they had a very methodical teacher, a good teacher, foundational, 
but they didn't love it either. Yeah. Our son, our first child, when he started helping lead worship at church, and they just did cor- chords, like, and he had to learn how to, to improvise. That opened stuff yeah. up for him where he could start to hear songs, and now all of a sudden the world opened up rather than just there's the paper with the notes. I play that note, and then I play that note. Is, is it something similar yeah. for you? For your, oh, yeah. That's yeah. exactly the same same thing. I, I uh, played in church growing up, and probably similar to yours, it was all chord charts. And that was honestly really where I really learned to have fun with it because I had one of my best friends, to the, actually probably my best friend to this day, he played drums on the church worship team. So having be, between me being able to hang out with him on Sundays and then playing chord charts and maybe overplaying a little too much to show off at church, <laughs> that was when I started to realize that, oh, man, this piano thing is actually really fun. I can I can open it up and create things that aren't on the paper. And similar to your son, that's, that's when I kind of realized that music was a really creative, freeing force and it wasn't confining like I thought it was. So That's neat. That's neat. Uh, so, Keegan, as far as the getting... To the voice then, which is obviously another step. Had that been something on your radar? Did someone ever just suggest it to you? Why don't you try that out? Or have, what, what your path to the voice as far as how that unfolded? Yeah, I, I've had my parents telling me I should do it for a long time. We would sit on the couch and sometimes watch it when it was on. And my mom my mom or dad would just say, hey, why don't, why don't you do that? You should try out for that show. And I don't know why I really didn't. I don't know why I didn't do it for a long time. I just kind of, you know, maybe someday and just shrugged it off. And I would have friends say, friends and people you know, my parents' friends always say, you should try with the voice, try with the voice. And I don't know why I didn't do it, honestly. And what happened was I was posting a lot of videos on YouTube and Instagram, and they happened to come across one of them, and they messaged me and asked me if I'd like to start sending in some videos for the audition process. So it kind of came, it kind of chased me down between my parents telling me to and friends telling me to and eventually the voice telling me to audition. And I was, I just obviously couldn't pass up an opportunity that good, so... It, they came, they came after me, and I I sent them videos and kept on getting another call and kept on getting another call and eventually led me out to the big stage in L.A. That's so much fun. If you had to pick a word or maybe a phrase, what you were feeling when you did that blind audition and you start with all the judges' backs are to you, what what were you thinking? What was your strategy at that point? What were you feeling? Terror. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just being honest, I, I a lot of excitement, but um, so nerving, so so nerve wracking. Uh, I. I made it through. I, I'm really happy to how my performance went, um, but there's nothing. There's really nothing you can do to prepare yourself for a moment like that. I practiced the song so so much, so obviously that helped musically. But there's really no way to simulate the actual show day experience when the cameras are on, the the lights are on, everything's the cameras are rolling, and you stand you stand behind the door and they open it up and you can see Blake Shelton, Nick Jonas, John Legend, and Kelly Clarkson. You can see their backspace to you, but you can still see like their profile. Yeah. And everything about it was just it was it was almost like a movie, really. Um, <laughs> but well, I'm so glad that they would have go out there and do it. So you had done Maroon Five's "She Will Be Loved," and I guess you can't see right, but we're watching and you see. Uh, I think it's John Legend and Kelly. Both are swaying to the song, like, oh, I like this song. But you don't know that they like it, right? You can't, there's no way for you to really know what they're feeling until they turn, if they turn. Or can you sense? Yeah, and I did. Yeah, I, I didn't know if they're feeling it or not. Kelly turned pretty early, so that was really relieving. But yes. Yeah, right. you, you can't hear what they're saying or anything. So you're just, until they turn, you're, you have no idea what they're thinking. What are the rules regarding instruments? Because most folks don't have one, but you played piano. Um, can you decide, hey, I'd like to do this part? And they're like, okay, go for it if you want, or. Yeah, the the music director for the show is named Paul Murkovich, and he he basically said, 
as long as you don't suck, you can play an instrument. <laughs> those <laughs> okay. are his words. Uh, that, those are the rules. Very, very official rules. Okay, because then you wind up going on, of course, to the next round, the battle round, and you add guitar to the repertoire. So, mm-hmm. and, to, and to your mom's point, if she was the one who did the foundational thing, that's what I heard. Because when I was a kid, it was going to be piano or guitar. And I was told piano, if you learn piano first, that will help you with other instruments. Have you found that to be true? Absolutely. It, it just helps you understand. It, it trains your ear, and you can, it just, all the notes are laid out in front of you. So you kind of see how things come together. And so for me, learning piano early, when I started learning guitar when I was 14, that, it, it made it so much easier because I already knew, like, it was really about learning the finger shapes and getting my fingers to be trained, but I already knew what they were doing, which is more, I think that's the harder part to learn than learning the shapes. So you had Kelly and Blake back in the blind audition, and in general, when, when those judges are bantering about, what does that do for you in terms of put you at ease, make it harder to pick, or what did that do for you, or just something you observed and it was over before you knew it? Well, their their entire banter with me was actually it was super funny. Just Blake talking about how Kelly, you know, got Adam fired apparently. Right. <laughs> and that was funny for me to, to stand there and listen to that. But it was also weird because it was really they were just going back and forth at each other for close to twenty minutes, and it actually didn't really involve me, so I didn't know what to do. So I was just <laughs> kind of smiling awkwardly while Blake Blake and Kelly were going at each other. Right. <laughs> so it was fun though. It meant a lot to me that they were. They were digging deep in, into the bag of insults to get me on their team. <laughs> and then and then Nick eventually seals you. He had some uh, – I think he said he appreciated the fact that you're studying music production, right, or business and production? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah wasn't it his comment something about he knows that you must be a, a student of how to craft something? Which, yeah, he said, he said because you're interested in music production, I know that, know that means you're a hard worker. And uh, I really appreciated that because that's something I, I pride myself on is – work ethic and, and putting it all out there every single day. And music production is a great thing that kind of encapsulates that whole mood. So that meant a lot to me that he recognized that. And if I'm not mistaken, you're at Belmont University. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Correct. Keegan, congratulations. Thanks for taking time today. It's great to make your acquaintance. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Sure. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too, Tim. Thank Bye-bye. You. Keegan Farrell, age 21. Interesting fact about him. He was abandoned in China as a newborn. Got adopted at six months old, grew up in Indiana, and uh, then we took it from there. So it's a neat story. Quick break. We'll keep our special going today. We have five contestants from the current season of The Voice, season 20, year 10, the 10-year anniversary, including a Philadelphia hometown contestant. will be joining us in a little bit. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, WFIL. Thank you for spending time with us today. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 438 in the Tim DeMoss Show. Cloudy rain off and on. 45 low tonight. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow. High 64. Phillies won yesterday 7-6. Threat the Mets tonight 7-10. Flyers lost 5-3 to Buffalo. And the Sixers are at Dallas this evening at 7-30. The Voice is in uh, its 10th season, or uh, 10th year, and uh, the 20th season, the way thing out, Mondays and Tuesdays, when you can catch that, uh, blind auditions and the battle rounds happening, and uh, our next contestant, just 17 years old, Gianna Zoe, here's a little sound of uh, what Gianna sounds like.
Gianna Zoe joining our program. How you doing, Gianna? Hi, Tim. I'm great. How are you? Lovely. Thank you for taking time to chat today. Congratulations on oh, your time. Yeah, how's it going so far? You enjoying the Thank ride? You. I'm guessing. Yeah, it's it's been it's been amazing. It's been such a new experience as well. I've learned so much, and I've met so many amazing people. I'm just so grateful. Take a second, if you would, and uh, just share in general about music in terms of growing up and what you know. Not everybody does music. Some people do it a little bit here and there, and others start to take it more seriously. How about for you? Um, I- when I was about five years old in church, actually. Yeah. My dad is a pastor out here in um, Riverside, California. And so I, I grew up just performing for a lo- very long time. Um, as I grew up, I sang choirs. I attended a performing arts school from 8th grade to 11th grade. And I performed easily over 200 shows where I toured the kids and put on shows for them as well as shows in the Fox Theater in different venues around the Inland Empire and High Desert. Um, so performing just always been a little bit in my blood. I think as I grow up and as I am growing up, I've been learning who I want to be as an individual artist and just having this opportunity to figure that out as I'm along on this journey is so amazing, and I'm so grateful. Yeah, that's great. Um, as, and as far as the voice goes... And, uh, who planted the seed, or where did that the thought come from to be part of it? So um, I, um, I had, when I was, I think it was back last year, actually, I had gotten a email from um, someone asking me to audition. And at first I was like, eh, I'm not sure if I would want to, but because I was like, I don't know if this will work out in my favor. I don't know if I want to take the risk, but... I had just come to the conclusion that this is a great opportunity and the, the worst you can get is a no, but that doesn't stop you from continuing on with your dreams. But I was fortunate enough to get a guest and get on the show, and I, it's been amazing so far. Gianna Zoe, Zoe is our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL, and, you know, there's always a, a sense of uh, drama on some level with the program. And in your case, I think the camera in the blind audition round, had a little extra to it. Uh, they, they were kind of panning behind you and at the chairs. And I'm thinking, I, you know, if, if so what are your thoughts? Because it actually it took a little while to get a chair turned. Then things really went well. But what are you feeling? Yeah. What are you feeling in those moments and leading up to and for the first minute or two or whatever it was? Right. So I, I, I felt like I was going to throw up probably in the middle of singing. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, this, this is not good. This is the worst. But then there was kind of like a switch in my head, and I was like, I was like, okay, Gianna, look, you can go out with a bang. If you don't get a fair turn, you can at least walk away saying, saying your best. And so I think once I hit like near the end is when I really just said, okay, just open up. The worst that can happen is they can tell you this just wasn't your time, but you can feel like you did your best. And um, I think once that flip switch in my head is definitely when things started like going upwards again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson, of course, turns then Nick Jonas. And, you know, mm-hmm. it was interesting, the conversation you and Nick both grew up singing in church, have dads who are pastors. And um, even when Blake said, Hey, that's Nick Jonas. He's in the Jonas brothers. You're like, I know it is. And so it looked like that's <laughs> where it was heading. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, I pick Kelly. So what was the, 
What led to that switch? Right. So the entire process when I was prepping for the blind auditions, I, I was pretty convinced I was going to choose Nick. I was telling my mom, I was like, Mom, if I can get Nick Jonas to turn, I am going to be on his team. And so when it happened, I was, and but when it wasn't just him that had turned, of course, I said, oh, my gosh, I have to choose, but I'm still probably going to choose Nick. But um, when I was talking to Kelly, um, I, I really felt a connection from her, not just as, like, a celebrity who's talking to me and telling me that I have a great voice, but I really felt like in those moments she had already started coaching me, and I think that's what really um, pulled me and gravitated me towards choosing her as my coach because I just felt like in that moment she had already like pinpointed me as an artist and was already wanting and was already ready to coach me and help me throughout this process. Yeah, that's neat. That's I'm sure it's not easy, <laughs> but uh, but a bonus. Whatever <laughs> whatever direction you couldn't lose, I'm sure. Um, speaking of your mom too, you know, I, I'm guessing you've had time to see footage of your mom, family. Uh, what does yeah. that mean uh, to you just to see the, the joy in her reaction? I, I think it, it meant more to me probably than me getting that chair to myself. It meant a lot to me to see my parents um, happy for me because they have supported me throughout this process since I could walk. They probably, they probably um, are the ones who have pushed me to really go to these lanes as a musician and try out these things because they, they saw something in me that at some times I didn't see in myself. And so I, I'm just forever grateful for my parents' support. It's a big blessing for sure. By the way, I was watching, uh, my daughters were watching, and they said, oh, she has a nose ring because they both got one just recently. So, <laughs> so now one got hers on the left, and the other daughter got it on the right. And so yours is on the left, just out of curiosity. Is there a reason you picked the left side versus the right? Because that's when I, when I take pictures, I usually tilt my head to the left. Okay. I was very indecisive when they were asking me where I wanted, and she just asked me, she was like, well, where do you tilt your head when you take pictures? And I was like, oh, the left. And she was like, okay, so we'll do it there. That makes sense. I was like, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> your creativity um, spills into other areas, too. And I understand you've written, written a couple movies and short films and plays. Um, do they have any common thread or are they about similar things or what's your passion with regard to those creative uh, expressions, forms of expression? So one of the very first um, shorts I wrote actually was a Christmas short. Hmm. I don't necessarily write about that anymore, but um, I, I was really interested when I first began writing in comedic comedic um, scripts that have a um, element of something you like learn in the process, like a learning aspect. And so as I've grown in my writing, it's really turned into, like, psychological thrillers that I love to write, hmm. things that have um, supernatural elements and really just have an underlying theme throughout the whole thing, or scripts that have nice plot twists, because I, I love movies that have nice plot twists that get me at the end. That's interesting. Tell, and, of course, hopefully, Gianna, you're, yeah, obviously, it sounds like you are enjoying living uh, a day at a time and enjoying the moment. Um and hopefully you can keep doing that right as the, as the voice proceeds. But big picture as well, and I always pause to ask a question, especially in my kids are 22 down to 10, and I think it's a lot of pressure yeah. to ask someone, like, what do you want to do with your whole life? But for the foreseeable right. future, have you thought a little bit about, I'm guessing you have, in the near term, the next year or two or three, where you'd like to head with the talents that you know you have? For sure. Um, I, I, I love music so much, and I would love to continue doing music. I also... 
Um, I'm a senior in high school, so I'm, I'm off to college <laughs> this year, wow. and I'll be um, pursuing psychology, but I also want to keep such, like, music is such a passion of mine. I've been brainstorming ways to do both at the same time to continue my love for psychology, but also at the same time still pursuing and releasing music and just staying relevant and consistent in that path as well. Okay. That sounds great. We'll keep an eye out for that, and it's great to make your acquaintance, Yana. Uh, God bless you. Keep up the good run. Have fun with it, and then have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. So nice talking to you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Gianna Zoe, Team Kelly, Season 20 of The Voice, 10-year anniversary, airs Mondays and Tuesdays. Our fifth and final contestant joining us, Philly's own, well, you'll hear in a second, Tim DeMoss on WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. He's 19. He's from Philly. His name is Cam Anthony, and he's on The Voice, and here's what he sounds like. Can I lay my Cam Anthony from Philadelphia joining our program. How are you, Cam? Pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Philly's own. We don't get this. We're in, you know, we're in Philadelphia. So, and that's your yeah. Stop it. Definitely an honor to, to represent. <laughs> that's great. Well, it's nice to make your acquaintance. Congratulations on your success so far. Are you enjoying the ride? Yeah, it, it's been it's been pretty blissful. I'm not gonna lie. I've been able to just sit back and observe, you know, everything that's been and the response really to to the performances, and it's been pretty nice just to to see that people've been taking it pretty well. That's neat. Share, if you would, for a second, just uh, I always like to hear the background. I have five kids between 22 and 10, and uh, they all pretty much, and they all sing and play, you know, keyboard or guitar or ukulele, whatever it is, um, and they act in theater. So it's a fun home to be in. But I, you know, everybody's got different backgrounds to their story with regard to music and how you came across it. So just share a bit about that backstory, if you would. Quite honestly, we sound like we have a pretty, a pretty similar story in that fact. Um, I had a pretty big family. And everybody played an instrument or sang something and or, and dancing something you know that had to do with music, and uh, we we grew up actually as the church choir, hmm. and so it was you know it was it was pretty it was pretty musical. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty active during the day, all day. Somebody singing or doing something, so it's, it was pretty dope, and that definitely gave me my 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 stomping grounds for sure. That's neat. Speaking of stomping grounds, what section of Philly are you from? I'm actually I grew up in North Philly, but okay. I, I also spent the rest of my, I guess I would say, young adult, I mean, well, teen years in Northeast Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. As far as then getting towards the the uh, the path toward the voice, what what led to that direction? And, and as far as being on your radar, or uh, someone suggested to well, you, or something you thought about yourself? Well, I just I spent some time in the quarantine, like a lot of us have, and um, I was sitting at my window, just like contemplating and trying to figure out, you know, what was the next move? You know, we were all sitting there, didn't really know what was to come of the future. So I called my manager and I was like, Hey, I think we need to make a left turn. Like I I need to, I need to, I need a drastic change in my career because it's been seven years. I've been signed to my label and we've been making music and I'm grateful that it's been, you know, training me, but 
I I haven't, this isn't the full, I don't feel like this is what I could be doing fully. I feel like there's more. And so she didn't, didn't doubt me for a second and was ready to just make that turn. And we, and we decided to, to leave the label that night. And um, shortly after, got an email from The Voice and it just, it made sense. Everything lined up. That's neat. You know, and as I think I, watching the, the two stages, the blind audition first, everybody's experience is different. And I'm curious uh, your thoughts as you started to perform. Uh, and I noticed your eyes were closed a good, at least a good part of the time. I don't know if that was by design oh, yeah. or <laughs> like if I'm looking at all those oh. chairs, I'm not sure how I would do. Yeah. Quite honestly, I, I, I really couldn't see already. I was, I was supposed to get some context before I went to my blinds, but I couldn't, you know, so I ended up being there, just not being able to see the judges or the coaches when they turned around anyway. <laughs> That's great. I did not intend to, to not open my eyes through that amount of my performance. I think it just, you know, the song calls for that to come out, you know. So yeah. I think it just pulled that emotion to where I just, like, wanted to be there in that moment like that. Giving new meaning to the word blind audition, I suppose. So, for sure. <laughs> it, um, the next level, didn't I? Yes. <laughs> Yes, well, it's fun. It's you know, Nick Jonas and John Legend uh, blocked by Nick right off the bat. Then Blake Shelton jumps in. Does the band did the banter mm-hmm. amongst the judges? What what effect does that have on you? And how much had you thought ahead of time? You know where you like to go, or did does the conversation sway you one way or the other? I definitely had my eyes set on being on Team John or Team Legend, and then my next place was to go to Team Kelly. But you know, looking at the way things played out, I definitely had to make a different a different call. Um, but part of me also knew that, you know, this was the voice and this is possible. It made sense that this could happen as well. So I just had to prepare my, myself for any outcome. And, and, and when I did that, when they did get to talk in and I did get to hear what they had to say, for sure, Blake was pretty convincing. I'm not going to lie. You know, Elaine completely to myself gives me a lot of room to just experiment and grow in that way and, and, and just figure out what I want to do and look like on the competition. So. It was pretty, I would say, pretty beneficial and the best outcome. Yeah, that comment, he said he'd keep Elaine open for you. I would think that's a, a nice calling card or a chip to, for him to play if he's going to follow through with that. So that's, I would have thought that'd be pretty persuasive. Folks, oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Cam Anthony is our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Um, footage of your family, I guess you've seen that and um, the excitement that they had, too. And you mentioned growing up together in such a musical and artistic family what did that mean to you to be able to see that afterwards how much they were really excited and and grateful to see what was going on for you well my family they've given up so much so so that i can be here and they've just you know they've stood by me and and worked with me through this on the times where we any of us we didn't have anything you know they just made sure that anybody everybody came together and made sure if i got it i had to get to new york i had to get to washington it was going to happen no matter what so i think that just Knowing that my family was there and supporting me throughout this entire process was important. And now to see them to be able to see me succeed in this and see me, you know, go further and take this to another level has been a blessing. And I'm glad that they'll be able to join me. It's yeah. pretty, pretty beautiful. You know, I'm not related to you in any way, but when I see parents uh, as a dad of five kids and I see how excited they are, it, it almost brings a tear to my eye to be a candid because it's like, you know what? You know how much you love your kids? You're rooting for them. You want to do anything you can for them. And to watch something like that develop, whether you win or lose, it's, it's you still are just proud of them, you know? So, uh, yeah, for sure. yeah, that's a great thing. Cam, so not to get too far ahead down the road, you're just still enjoying the experience with the voice, but 
you sound like someone who knows, you know, you think a lot and that's great. Um, and in the next near future, next year or two, have you thought a bit about where you'd like to see things go or, or you kind of just let it, let it play out day at a time? I think it's a little bit of both. I definitely want to let it play out and take it day at a time because, you know, things are changing, you know, <laughs> things are changing big time. So I definitely want to give myself the space to figure that out as things unfold. But I do have, you know, some plans to just continue to make music and, and I want to, you know, now take it to another level. I think being on this show definitely gave me the opportunity to stretch myself and figure out, you know, my sound in a new way, figure out how I can approach this in a different way. And so I think after this, I'll be able to just be able to have a lot of fun in the studio. I'll have a lot of fun in the studio. So I think we'll be hearing a lot of interesting and, and new sounds coming from me soon. Good for you. Well, Cam, it's nice to make your acquaintance. Thanks for taking time. God bless you and enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. Thank you. God bless you, too. Philadelphia's own Cam Anthony, only 19 years old. He's on Team Blake. Now, every one of the contestants we had on today, they have a different story. Uh, Cam, actually a little more polished in terms of a professional side of things, had a record deal. Gianna Zoe, age 17, on Team Kelly in Riverside, California, a pastor's kid. Big Keegan Farrell, age 21, from Fort Wayne, Indiana, on Team Nick, actually abandoned in China as a newborn, adopted at, at six months old. Zay Romero, age 21, from McKinney, Texas, on Team Nick. And uh, Emma Caroline, age 25, from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Team Blake, who performed in a worship church, uh, you know, group and, and singing and leading worship. And so a lot of neat stories. Five guests on the show at times a record for this fine broadcast. Season 20 of The Voice, Mondays and Tuesdays. And uh, great to have all these folks on, make their acquaintance and get some insight to what's going on in the popular culture, if you will. We'll wrap up now and uh, look forward to doing our fine broadcast again tomorrow. Grab the podcast of our shows on our homepage, too, whenever you get a chance at WFIL.com. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.